In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Tokenet Radio, Toki Entertainment, or the owners grouping. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another fine edition of Ghost Chronicles Live. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink. With me for the next three weeks is my new co-host, the darling of Hollow Hill, Fiona Broom. <laughs> oh, I love being your darling. <laughs> <laughs> and how are you, my dear? I'm doing great. How about you? I am uh, doing very good. Just got the bill for the uh, double bypass. $80,000 for the hospital. Woo! You going to wow. survive that? I picked the wrong profession. <laughs> Eighty grand for four days. Jeez. That's just hospital. Isn't that unbelievable? Yeah. Hmm. I was just thinking, let's see, if I died, would my insurance covered it? I mean, talking about my life insurance. Hmm. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> we have more important things to talk about. And you know what today is, right? Like uh, Thursday? Um, no, it's yeah. a very, very important time of the year. You don't know, do you? No, I don't. It is Victoria's Cigarette Semi-Annual Lingerie Sale. <laughs> you can buy fun and flirty dresses, swimsuits, including pluff sizes, stylish short sleeves, tops, skirts in all shapes and colors, and sexy sandals that show the toe. So, oh, it's the last day, so save up to 60%. Can't beat it. <laughs> Ron, I think that $80,000 bill has gone to your head. <laughs> really? Um, it might have been the uh, anesthesia. You want to know how much that was? I can give you the bill on that one, too. Oh, golly. I, I think you can spare me that one. <laughs> yeah. and, and so how are you? You are in, in Dover? I'm in Dover. And, uh, so you're, you're, like, you're like the Dover devil. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think of myself in quite those terms. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm doing great. Uh, I've got a whole lot of people taking my free course uh, at uh, hollowhill.com. You know, I've got the free introductory ghost hunting course, and a lot of people have been signing up for that, and I think probably many of them are your listeners, so I'm thrilled with that, and uh, I'm just having a good time. Geez, I'll have to sign up for that one. Well, it's... Uh, quiet. Before... Look quiet on that one. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know if there's anything I can teach you, Ron. You know, no. you've become uh, quite an expert, but it's... Yeah, you know, it's yeah, just... yeah. <laughs> 
It's a four-week uh, course in just basics of, of dose hunting so that people learn what it is they really need to know in order to be able to go out and just see what ghost hunting is really about. Oh, wow. That's, that's kind of cool. Um, and it's free? It's free. They just sign up for it. They can start it at any time. They can go at their own pace. Really? And it, yeah, and it is at hollowhill.com. It comes to them in email lessons. So they just sign up, and they'll get a lesson each week, and it has steps to follow, that little you know homework things to do. Uh, sometimes it's got references that they can check out for more information. And um, just, you know, the whole thing is entirely free. Really? And, yeah, the, the email from it that I've been getting in response, people are really, really happy with this, and I'm thrilled to be able to do it. So, anyways, if our listeners uh, would like to take it, they can go to www.hollowhill.com, right? That's right. And, uh, by the way, the number here is 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869, or you can join us in the Toji chat room. Yep. Yeah, so that's kind of cool, too. But, anyways, I actually got out for the first time yesterday, and I went all the way to Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Woohoo! Yes, that's a, that was a big outing for me, you know, I haven't been for over a month. So, I mean, I drove myself. It's about an hour drive for me, and it was warm yesterday, too. Oh, but, it was a toasty day. Yeah, and uh, I met up with Jeremy Dietramont, who is the, the uh, Lighthouse historian. Uh, I am it, so looking forward to that tour. Ooh, scary stuff. And oh, I that, think that's going to be such fun. And and you know what's really cool is, is we went to... Um, what the heck's the name of that thing? I, I can never... It's got some stupid center. Stupid name like uh, Learn About Portsmouth uh, Center or something like that. Oh, but, yeah, right. It's where the uh, public library used to be. Yeah, yeah, which is haunted, by the way. Well, of course it is. I wrote about it. You did? Oh, yeah, and I've seen the ghosts there. Those that's those great Oh, tell me more, tell me more, because I'm thinking about going in there. Oh, okay. Um, I haven't actually been in it since it was changed from the public library, but when it was the public library, uh, the room that's got where you can look up and you can see where the balcony is, yeah. um, you could see a little girl's ghost up on the balcony, and sometimes she'd be looking over, and um, just trying to take some of the other ghosts in there. I know that there is one that is on the Islington Street side, uh, just outside the door, and people see that one sometimes at night, around the stairs, and... Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a building that's got a lot of ghost stories with it. Yeah, and uh, like I said, uh, I want to definitely get in there, and I made some contacts, so I will probably be doing that. But right now we have a caller, so we have to put her on the line. So can you hold a second? Here we go. Press the right button, and boy, we're just grooving now. <laughs> Hello, caller, you there? Laura? Hello. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you, Ron? Good. This is uh, Laura Worcester, who just happens to be uh, the NEGP's new hotshot photographer. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. Actually, it's really funny because we have I have photographs from the uh, Lizzie Borden house that uh, Laura took with uh, Gavin Cromwell and Byron Jackson when they came over from UK. Uh-huh. And I've had them sitting here for the longest time and... Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to meet her tomorrow. I'm going to look at them together, but I've been dying to take a peek at them. That's so, excellent. 
that was only a small portion of the photos we took that day, but yeah, that's, um, we had some already posted on the website for a few months. Oh yeah, those are fun. In fact, mine are still up there. I just love looking at them. Yeah. But anyways, Laura is also uh, a customer service rep for Circles of Wisdom. Yeah, I'm a staff member at Circles of Wisdom in Andover. And yep. what is Circles of Wisdom? It is a metaphysical bookstore and also a resource center. We have a lot of classes um, and different um, types of classes, healing classes, psychic development, um, all different types. And we are actually sponsoring the events that, um, that NEGP is doing. You're sponsoring all our yep. events with uh, David Wells and Gavin Cromwell. That's right. So not only am I a staff member here, I'm also a member of NEGP. So, <laughs> so do you get, like, double pay? Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, so anyways, uh, we really like to thank uh, the Circles of Wisdom for definitely for uh, co-sponsoring us, which is really, really great. And um, they do that. I mean, they're always, uh, you know, up with the latest and cutting-edge stuff like uh, Holland and uh, what's that, Kelly, what's-her-face, Eli, and... Uh, all those, Rosemary Guiley and, no, Ro- Rose Roundtree or whatever. I can't even keep up with yeah. them. There's too many metaphysical people out there. They drive me nuts. <laughs> well, Kathy Levine is the owner of the store, and she's very supportive of, of many of the presenters, and including NEGP. So, um, yeah, we have quite a few, a large number of presenters, and we have classes almost every day of the week. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun to working here. Right, and you can actually, uh, we have two ghost sons coming up, one with David Wells and yep. uh, Gavin, and one with uh, Gavin and uh, Maureen and myself, and uh, mm-hmm. you can actually sign up at the uh, store, I believe, right? Yeah, you can sign up at the store, or you can call us, or you can call, even even better, you can sign up online. Um, at really? Circles, yep, circlesofwisdom.com, and you click on the calendar of events, and I think they might even be on the, fir- the front page right now. If you scroll down, you'll actually see Gavin Cromwell and David Wells on the front page of the website. How come my picture was in there, by the way? <laughs> yeah, we need to get you in there. Why aren't you there? Evidently. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> but anyways, that's, it's really cool, and uh, we appreciate uh, Circles. Uh, Circles is a great store, too. They have uh, crystals. They have yeah. um, books. They have uh, all that weird stuff. Not weird to us. <laughs> well, <laughs> he just talks like that. You know, it, it drives me crazy sometimes. But uh, you yeah. know, I, I think his his uh, skepticism kind of leaks out now and then. He's not as, as skeptical as he, he tries to portray himself to be. I know, I know. <laughs> but but wait a minute! Isn't somebody's normal stuff somebody else's weird stuff? That's true. Right. I mean, yeah. like for instance, if you were a member of the Jewish faith and you wore one of those shamanikers or whatever the hell they are, um, right? That would be weird to somebody who was Catholic. But, uh, you know, uh, the other way around, if uh, a Catholic's got a bunch of beads with a thing on it, uh, it might be weird to somebody who's, uh, you know, Jewish or a Buddhist. So, I mean, one person's weird stuff is another people's normal stuff. (laughs) True. True? And and I'm going to put in my bit, because you know I always do this, when you get down you to would. bedrock on all of this, we're all talking about the same stuff. We're mm-hmm. just using different language. We're using different symbols. But yeah. ultimately, I think we're all talking about the same thing. Absolutely. I completely agree with you 100% on that. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually, I actually have a, a, a cool thing to, to tell uh, our listeners, which is really, really, really cool about Laura. 
Uh, Laura and I took uh, Elizabeth Foley's Reiki 1 and 2 uh, certified. We are certified Reiki practitioners, aren't we, there, dear young lady? Yes, we are. Uh-huh. <laughs> we got certified and together. Yes, we that's did. right. We were certified together. And that's how we met, actually. Mm-hmm. But anyways, the coolest thing, and um, I didn't realize this until a little while ago, is that uh, at the end of the class, we had to do this, like, uh, what would you call it, um, analyzing? or it's like, a, it's like a body scan, yeah. Uh, yeah, a body scan. Well, that sounds kind of naughty, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would think that way, Ron. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, um, I was laying down, and I had all these women scanning my body. <laughs> <laughs> and believe me. How much do you have to pay them for that? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the, the size of the shocker does matter. <laughs> I found that out during that scan. But anyways, uh, Laura came up to me, and, and she went across my chest, and she said something, oh, uh, I believe, like, would you say? Um, I think I said something like, do you have any kind of a history of a blockage or something like that? In and your, your, heart, your heart blockage. Your heart. Mm-hmm. And I believe you actually said that I see, I see a... Uh, uh, a yoda blockage, and I kind of laughed or, or made you did. fun. You, you didn't believe me at all. <laughs> Pro- probably, probably internally, right? <laughs> well, it was all over your face. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but but like, anyway, no, 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 nothing's wrong with me. <laughs> you, that's true. And then, as it turns out, that's what happened to me. I really did. So she was right on the money. So I will want to give kudos to Laura. So here's your kudos. Oh, thank you. Oh, by the way, I just want to let you know too. Um, Elizabeth Foley taught that class for us. Um, and she she ta- uh, she teaches Reiki. She's a Reiki master, but she also teaches classes here at Circles. Right. She's got this great class coming up towards the end of the month. Yes. Um, for teenagers and children, um, learning how to trust their intuition. Which oh, I'm not saying. indigo children, please. Not necessarily indigo children, just children in general. Oh, um, thanks. To trust their intuition, which mm-hmm. I think is an increasingly important thing. Nowadays, um, so yep. is anybody out there with with children, um, teenagers? It, it says for teenagers, but she's also taking younger children. Also, I think the youngest she's got coming is seven years old right now, and um, that's towards the end of the month. And I believe it's July, the Tuesday evening, July twenty ninth, I believe. But you can find more information about that on circlesofwisdom.com. dot com. And it just yeah, I've I, got the site up, and it is the twenty ninth. Twenty ninth, great. Oh, you're good, Fiona. I tell you that much. <laughs> But it's so important nowadays, you know, especially now kids need that, that trust in their intuition to really trust their gut. And I feel I'm so, I feel so uh, strongly about it. My own children are attending this class. Really? Yeah. And Elizabeth, we, we both know, is an incredible teacher, and she's especially good with children. My little angel ninja. <laughs> angel ninja, that's right. <laughs> no, you know, I, I think this is a, a really important kind of class for, uh, for kids to take because Absolutely. they really need... You know, we live in a society that is so busy and there's so much going on. I think the earlier you learn to trust your intuition and to hear Mm -hmm. that inner voice in the first place, you know, it's really going to get you through life a whole lot better than ignoring it or or not even knowing it's there and listening to all the external stuff that is certainly going to tell you what you should be doing, and it's not always good. Yeah, I totally agree, and especially nowadays with the... With all the um, the media, all different types of media, we've got the Internet, we've got, um, you know, everybody's got iPods in their ears, and there's so much stuff going on that kids yeah. are just so distracted from their own feelings or an internal um, guideline that 
yes, yeah. you know, I, I believe uh, mm-hmm. very. I believe a lot in in trusting your instincts and your mm-hmm. uh, uh, gut feelings. I think that's really important. I think that's mm-hmm. maybe what you guys talk about is everybody being psychic. Uh, I think it's really really important. So it, you, you really should should know how to develop that and listen to it. And at a young age, if if it can help you all through life, earlier the better. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I, love- I think it's it's just as important for adults to be tuning into that as well, mm-hmm. because, you know, it, I think that, um, you know, in, in some ways, kids are better adapted to the busy, busy stuff. You know, the the Internet is something they've grown up with. So yeah. to them, it's mm-hmm. not as overwhelming as it can be for adults mm-hmm. who aren't entirely used to it yet. So, you know, it, it's something that is just as important for adults as for children. It's just we want to start these kids right. Yes, exactly. Right. I mean, if I hadn't trust my in- intuition, I would never realize that, you know, today was Victoria's Secret semi-annual lingerie oh, sale. Honestly, Ron. <laughs> I wonder if they'll pay me for that, you think? <laughs> Isn't that funny? Like, the women don't know that, but you know it? <laughs> you know, it, it, it is my job to be on the pulse of America and the world. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> My 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 son yells from the other room. I, I'd worry about my own pulse if I was you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, all right, Laura. I know you got to go back to work. So once again, uh, you can sign up for classes like uh, uh, the ghost hunting ones with uh, David Wells and Cromwell at uh, Circles of Wisdom, or you can sign up for some of their cool classes too. And we want to thank Circles of Wisdom for being our co-sponsors. Great. Thank you very much. All right, and I will see you tomorrow. Yeah, take care. I'll see you. Yeah, bye bye. Bye bye. Oh, I almost hung up on her. So that was cool. That was really cool. You know, I've I've heard so much about the store, and I can't believe I've never been there. But I've I've got to get down and see that. Oh, you've never been there? Never been there. Oh wow, it's it's a great store. And it I, sounds like it. I've I've been hearing lately. It's like everybody I talk to has mentioned it to me, and then you know, here I am on the show, and and suddenly you're you know she's talking about it as well. It's like okay. That does it. I've got to get there. Uh, we've, we've taught, I mean, so many classes there, uh, Maureen and myself, uh, ghost hunting classes and uh, communication uh, classes and uh, all different things, dowsing classes, and uh, it's a lot of neat. It's It really is neat. It's yeah. it's just so much fun. And you know, it's ahead. nice to have a place like that where people can get together and have a variety of classes from all different disciplines and things that that get them to explore areas that they might not have otherwise thought of. So I think that's terrific. Right. I mean, I just wish they served liquor, but, I mean, you can't have everything. Oh, honestly, yeah. You probably want the Victoria's Secret models uh, doing a show for you. Hey, 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 don't look into my mind. So, anyways, (laughs) our our next guest is on the line. It is Ashley Rooney, and you're going to ask me who Ashley Rooney is, I bet you. Yeah. Ashley Rooney is an author. Just like you, my friend. I'm very cool. Ashley, you there? Yes, I am. And Ashley has written a couple books and working on a couple more. Um, She has written, oh my God, I wrote that down. What did I write it? Uh, There it is. Berkshire Ghost Legends Legends and Lore. And Legends and Lore. I was going to say that. You had to give me a second. You know, I am a man. Uh, You know, I do have certain restrictions. Oh. And also, Washington, D.C., Ghosts, Legends and Lore. And, Ashley, uh, you're also a local, aren't you? You're from Massachusetts, correct? Uh, yes. 
So that's and I've, kinda... I've written a lot of other books on architecture, but um, we're talking about ghost books tonight. Really? Architecture? Architecture, yeah. I just had a radio yeah. interview earlier this week on the, my new green homes, and it's just coming out. Really? Yeah. So. Oh, I've, yes, I've seen the stuff about that book. Yeah, you have. Really? Yeah. yeah. It looks so exciting. It is exciting. I learned but, a lot. I've changed some of my own oh. lifestyle and, and uh, writing it all up and meeting with the architects and talking with them about it. Oh, what fun stuff to write about. But, ooh, Berkshire Ghost. Oh, ooh. Berkshire Ghost are wonderful. Berkshire's a beautiful territory. It oh, is. absolutely. Yeah, I really right. do like it out there. I mean, the you la- can just look at it and you just know that it's haunted, you know? Well, the, <laughs> yes. The, the last three years we've uh, had a uh, conference out there called Contact at the Houghton Mansion, which I bet you is in your book. Yes, it is. Uh-huh. Because I worked with Paul Olienskis, who was the Ghostbuster out there. And he's going to be at Open Doors telling an evening of ghost stories. I think he's going to be telling some of the stories I've written up in the book. And um, He's a young and charming Ghostbuster. He's wonderful. Uh, oh, yes. He also is a, has uh, crystals, too. I have a, one of his crystal skulls here actually sitting on my desk. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, yes. Yeah. But anyways, uh, the, the Hooten Mansion is, uh, was written... Uh, there was a author from New York by the name of Sherry Riveras, I think it was, uh, about four or five years ago, who was writing books on haunted Massachusetts, and she wanted to include the Hooten Mansion in it. And Nick, uh, who was one of the Masons out there, uh, wanted to know if it was really haunted or not. So he contacted the New England Ghost Project, and we went out there and did the first investigation into the Hooten Mansion. And after that... Uh, the Berkshire Paranormal uh, formed after, uh, modeled after us, which was kind of cool. Oh, really? Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah really Paul, cool. Paul showed me some uh, photos from all that. It was, oh, quite, it was quite interesting. Um, but I, I think there are uh, various places out in the Berkshires that are haunted. There are other inns that uh, swear they were haunted. I've eaten uh, in restaurants there, and the waiters tell me all sorts of stories about ghosts and all the rest of it. They're really into it. So tell us a couple, then. Okay. Um, well, there's the one of the undead Hessian, who way back, um, the Berkshires were involved in our American War for Independence, and this Hessian soldier, and uh, they were attached to the English, um, and he died while making his way south, and some of the North Egerman men we buried him in the local burial ground, but he refused to remain dead. His energy or his soul had become caught between this plane of existence and the next, according to the people of that time. And people in the area began to see him wandering about at night. And one even saw him in his full green Hessian uniform, wandering around the cemetery. And others saw him wandering around the banks of the Green River. And, you know, the kids kept talking about the boogeymen, and the women talked at church, because that's the only place they ever met in those days. And so the village elders decided to verify the rumors by going out one night to the burial ground. And two of the guys who were the most adventuresome went ahead, and the rest of the group followed very reluctantly. And they walked to his grass-covered grave, but nothing was there. And just as they began to feel silly and strange, as you would as an adult, and wondering what their wives would say, a specter loomed over them. And several men jumped and ran. But the leaders of the group sort of said, okay, we're going to stand true. And they stood near the grave. And the specter came closer. 
and they thought he was trying to speak from his grimaces, but they heard no words. And the closer the specter came, the more frightened they became. And finally, you know, they just gave in, and they ran, too, just like we all would. And they felt Joe, who was the leader, felt very foolish when he returned home. It was just a specter, after all. It wasn't real. Not really. But meanwhile, around the town, they, people began to hear that they, men had tried this, and the town became very uneasy, and people stopped going out after sunset. And they did not even a church meeting or a prayer group could get them to venture forth. And when they came home after work, they bolted their doors and they draped their windows and they kept the fires lit in the fireplace should the specter decide to come through the chimney. Should I continue? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just wonder if you all were still there. Uh, oh, well, you got me. <laughs> oh, okay, that's good. Finally, Joe Tanner announced a need. Enough. We need to put the specter to rest. So he got a group of the Boulder villagers to discuss the matter. And after a big discussion, they suggested perhaps that if they moved the Hessian's grave to some other unsuspecting town, the specter would move on and leave them alone. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I, I thought that was really interesting. Well, kind of modern-day thinking there, if you think about it. Not in my backyard. Um, <laughs> Some men were concerned they might get in trouble with the authorities, and many were uncertain about disinterring a corpse. But by the meeting's end, no one else had offered a better plan, so they began to prepare. And on the appointed night, the men assembled on horseback, and Tanner brought his wagon for transporting the casket. Sentries were posted at both sides of the burial ground, just in case somebody came along. And those men who had volunteered to dig began the gruesome task of disinterring the Hessian. And the first few feet of dirt was frozen solid, and it broke up in chunks with the smaller pieces sharp as glass, and eventually their shovels hit the coffin's edge. They slid the wooden box out very carefully. Presumably, the coffin was filled with the specter and his remains. Feeling very pleased with himself that the hardest part of their self-imposed task was completed, the group headed northeast in the darkness. Joe Tanner and two others rode in the wagon with the Hessian. The rest of the men were on horseback. When they reached the eastern side of Tomball Mountain, they found the road too treacherous for the wagon. So Tanner and the other two men left the others with the coffin, and they went ahead from the forest to locate a burial spot. They hadn't gone very far when they heard the men screaming. Rushing back to the wagon, they saw the specter sitting on top of his coffin. Once again, he was making ugly grimaces, but no sound came out. The men who had been guarding him had run away from the wagon. They hid behind trees and rocks, afraid that they would be hurt. As Tanner shamed the men into coming back, the specter slipped away. The men grabbed the coffin and headed into the woods. They went partially up the eastern base of the mountain to a natural hollow. There they grabbed their spades and began digging as fast as they could. When they had dug a suitable hole, they lowered the coffin inside carefully. They didn't want to enrage the Hessian more than necessary. They covered the new grave with dirt and leaves and rode away as fast as they could. They didn't speak of the incident again until many weeks later when they heard the Stockbridge citizens were saying that they had seen a Hessian soldier wandering <laughs> the woods around West Stockbridge. But much to Joe Tanner's delight, the Hessian never appeared to Egmont again. 
<laughs> that was good. Yeah, there's some good stories out there. There's some That's wonderful fun. stories. Oh, yeah. you know what? We've got to take a break now. Okay. So can you hold on? Sure. Okay. Uh, Fiona, you're going to stay, right? Yep. That, I'm right. staying. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles Live on Tokenet. I am Ron Kolick. She is Fiona Broom. And we'll be right back right after these messages. Whatever happened to Peggy Sue? She was 17 when Buddy Holly wrote the song that changed her life, Buddy Holly's hit song, Peggy Sue. Tragedy struck on February 3, 1959, when Buddy Holly was killed in a plane crash. Peggy Sue's whole world crashed as well, and now Peggy Sue is telling her story. The whole controversial story, it's the real story about her relationship with Buddy and the real story of her marriage to Buddy's best friend and a drummer in the band. A marriage that was filled with emotion and physical abuse. It's the autobiography of Peggy Sue Guerin called Whatever Happened to Peggy Sue. And now, Peggy Sue is reaching out to women who feel trapped in a marriage of physical abuse. The National Coalition Against Domestic Violence has named Peggy Sue as one of its main spokespersons and to host a new domestic violence radio show on Togenet.com. Whatever Happened to Peggy Sue is available on the web at PeggySueOnline.com and at national bookstores. Whatever Happened to Peggy Sue, published by Toki Entertainment. Hi, this is Elizabeth Foley of Divine Healing, and join me for the Phoenix Hour. Tips and tools for personal and spiritual transformation on Tojinet every Wednesday from 4 to 5, beginning January 9th. Listen live to the most outstanding names in metaphysics as well as some new emerging personalities in the spiritual community. Each Wednesday on Tojinet.com, there will be straight talk exploring various metaphysical theories, beliefs, healing modalities, and tools for personal and spiritual transformation. Join me as we explore not only angels, but everything else under the stars. Be the phoenix, forever changing and transforming, every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m., and see you then. We're back. This is Ghost Chronicles Live on Tojinet. I am Ron Kolick, and with me is my very special co-host, Fiona Broom. <laughs> yes, indeed, and I have really enjoyed that story. Wasn't that good? Anyways, the number here is 877-864-4869, or join us in the chat room at TOGNet. And with us on the line is Ashley Rooney, correct? Right. Hmm, I didn't mess it up. Usually I mess up names. That must be, you know, because of the new hot I have. That's probably it. Oh, oh that's a good excuse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, maybe they gave me something from one of the, an English professor or something, and from now on I'm going to be very articulate and get everything out. You sound pretty articulate. Hey, that's that's a weird thought, though. I mean, when you do get body parts, is there any... Hmm, I wonder if people experience... Any leftover? Yeah. Aura from somebody else? Oh, I imagine you might. Just think of it. You could suddenly oh. become... Yeah, there have been lots of stories about that. You know, well, I can't you know, remember we, any. But um, you know, we've got residual energy in buildings and stuff. Uh, why not in in body parts? Yeah. Oh my God! All I can think of is that, like the one from I don't know if it was Outer Limits or uh, the Twilight <laughs> Zone, where they where gets the killer's hand and goes around and tries to kill him. That's it's right. Not my hand. <laughs> or think if you got the heart, or how about the guy who was always mean and then he got the new heart of the very nice person, you know, the saintly nun or something of a sort, and what how he changes and all the rest of it. See, oh, you that's write a cool a, one. Yeah, you can write a ghost story on it. You can do all sorts of things with it. Um, anyway, you were very good uh, reading that. That was quite enjoyable. Um, you've actually now you're not a ghost hunter. No, um, you're a researcher. 
I'm a researcher and writer, really. Um, yeah. I've enjoyed uh, Paul's help in showing me about ghost hunting and all the rest of it, but I actually haven't hunted ghosts. I've stumbled over one or two in the process of doing some of the research. Mm. And then you think, oh, this really sounds like this is a ghost right here. But, um, no, I don't actually hunt them like he does. Would you like to? <laughs> oh, sure. I think it'd be fun to go out and try it. <laughs> On the other hand, when I'm so busy writing that I don't, ha- I only have so much time to do so many things, you know, and you sort of eke out your stuff. But uh, if it fits into my book, why not? Yeah, I mean, you're definitely cranking out the books. I was at your uh, list of books at Amazon.com, and you have written a whole lot of stuff. And I'm getting a kick out of this because, you know, we both write for the same publisher. Um, so, uh, oh, you're another shipper woman. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. There's a lot and, of those out there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They've, they've really developed uh, the, the ghost, uh, new age, paranormal, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I can't remember what, what, what category they call it, but, yeah, they, they've really been working to develop that. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what's really funny is is uh, like Ghost Chronicles, the, the podcast we do, which is on iTunes. We're actually in religion and spirituality, which I have no yeah. clue why it's even there. But isn't that weird? Because there's no like real category in the in the legitimate ones for it, which is bizarre. Mm. Well, the thing is, to me, it is spirituality. I mean, it's about spirits, and it's uh, so I I'm very comfortable being in the spirituality category there. Okay. Yeah, there I would definitely go. say it's spirit. I mean, I would agree with that. I have not actually seen a ghost, but I think I've felt them. I think I've dreamed them. I think I've heard their words. Yeah, hardly anybody actually sees them with their eyes. They, right. You know, and not a full figure, something that looks like, you know, what you see in the movies and stuff. That's, very, that's actually very unusual. But, yeah, there are so many other ways to perceive them that are just undeniable that there's something there. And uh, that's... That's the cool part of this is that there is such diversity to it, so many different experiences with different kinds of spirits that you encounter. And it's sort of a nice idea, if you think about it, that those people who we knew and loved can still might be with us, and their ghosts might still be kind of prompting us or telling us things. Or maybe we could come back and sort of prompt people if we want to. Well, you know, I can't think of a loving deity, no matter, you know, what context you have for religion, uh, you know, a god who would say, whoops, game over, you know, you can't go back and visit anymore. That's right. Um, that, yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. So to me, it is more natural for people to be able to come back and visit. It's just whether or not they do it happily or not that I think is the basis of the story. Right. Or if there's unfinished business, which they want to finish yes. up. Yes. And, you know, and they have to play that story out time and time again until it's finished up. Yeah. Which is a different type of story. That's, that's yeah, that's one. different. Yeah. The one and the ones who don't believe they're dead and they they just uh you know, they're just refusing to go, kicking and screaming. That's uh right. sometimes literally. This yeah, that that is very different from the benevolent spirits that we encounter that are like the Green Lady tradition in Scotland where she's protecting the castle or the house. Right, and you know that's that's a benevolent spirit, and it's entirely different. She's doing this voluntarily, and it's kind of nice. Right, right. In, in Russia, actually, they believe that you, when you move, you're supposed to take your spirits with you. They're uh, house spirits; they protect the house and the family. Well, and when I w- when I was in China uh, and I went to, down the river, Yangtze River, they and they were moving the towns. The Chinese moved their rooftops 
of, of their, from their old house to their new top to keep all the good spirits within, which is the same kind of idea. But I thought, isn't that fascinating? They really maintain their connection with that spirit world, which while yeah. as Americans we're so busy that we often forget about it. Mm. Um, you know, we rush around doing our thing, you know, running in and running out and pushing another button on another one of our machines. We don't have time as much. Well, see, it's interesting because the Irish, some of them have the opposite tradition, and that is they'll bottle up all the liquor so that no uh, fairies and, and little spirits, little people, can go with them for, at, when they move. They want to leave them behind. My father used to do that. <laughs> I hadn't heard that one. And my first oh, was very yeah. Irish. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, my father used to bottle up all the liquor, so... I think we couldn't get it, but maybe that was the little people. Maybe that was the real thing behind it. Maybe that's the real thing, and he just blamed it on the leprechauns, right? Yeah, yeah, it could be, could be. But anyways, you've also written a book about Washington, D.C. Now, I mean, that is totally different from the Berkshires. I mean, when you have the country and the mountains and... And, and now you have and, the city yeah, and the famous people. And now you got Washington, D.C. Like, right. Yeah, so um, what what type of spirits haunt Washington, D.C.? Well, in that one, that was interesting to me. I got to do some research about, I had never known, I guess, and maybe I was the idiot on this whole one, but Abraham Lincoln had all sorts of visions. He foresaw his death when he was elected. Oh, yeah. Yes. Exactly. I did not know that. And he could also, in the middle of the Civil War, he'd come rushing in and saying, tell them to back out. They're all going to get killed. He saw a lot of things that were going to happen. There was a good book out by uh, Susan Martin, is I think in New Page Books, uh, The Psychic Life of Abraham Lincoln, which is a, is a good read. Uh, so it's worth picking up. And then there's also there's another book, I forget who the author is, who believes that Abraham, uh, Charles Lindbergh is reincarnated Abraham Lincoln. So oh, really? it's all out there. It's all out there. Ooh, that's an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could see that. Really? Um, I found yeah. I Washington. I I used to go visit my grandparents there, and I, I just wanted to explore it a little bit more. I also didn't know that Washington had had one of the biggest slave markets uh, way back. Yeah. Um, I wanted to write about that and what the effect was of the triangle trade and all that, and you could do that very easily because people talk about hearing the moans of anguish down in that area of Washington. Uh, there are a lot of ghosts in Washington, and if you think there are a lot of people with unfinished business down there, besides Abraham Lincoln, who's very famous, um, he had lots of unfinished business he wanted to do. Dolly Madison is certainly heard all throughout the White House. Even her roses keep blooming. No one dares pull them out because yeah. she put them in. And yeah. her ghost wearing her elegant clothes and her feathered turban is also seen um, not only in the White House, but in the old Octagon House after her death. Um, there are a lot of people there. Washington is filled with people. Well, to me, one of the fascinating things is the number of people who have seen ghosts in the White House when they have been staying there. These are heads of state who you would otherwise think, you know, this is not somebody who's going to make up a story about a ghost. This is for real. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's really, really startling. And uh, when I, I was writing uh, stories to put online about Washington D.C. and and the White House, so I, you know, I, I know when you get into this stuff, it's fascinating. And I'm I'm actually looking forward to reading your book because 
you know, these are great stories, and they, they have a credibility and a sense of power that you don't necessarily find in other areas. Right. And, you know, what I, what I was also thinking, it's funny talking to another ghostwriter, but <laughs> what a way of getting history across, too. Because when you think about it, as you start exploring, say, Dolly Madison, who's, I mean, I remember reading a book about her as a child, and she is a fascinating woman. And she came out of sort of a disastrous first marriage when he died, and she was left with two children and got lucky and married James, or he got lucky and married her because she was such a social person, and he was pretty much the introvert. And she wanted to set the tone for the presidency when she took when James Madison took over. But you get to learn a whole lot about the history and the burning of Washington City and all the rest of it, which normally, you know, you're not going to read, most of us are not going to read the book with all the footnotes and everything else that we should, but we might read a short something. And for kids, what I found that the kids really like these things because they're suddenly picking up information they wouldn't have known about. I've always said that history and the paranormal go hand in hand. But we actually, I have actually have a friend of mine who uh, is Jeff Belanger. He's, uh, he's an author, and he also uh, is the host of ghostvillage.com. And he just wrote a book on the haunted White House, and it's a children's book. Oh, really? So oh, it, what fun. Yeah, so it's about history and ghosts. So it's oh, I'll cool. have to look that one up. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's out yet or, or very soon to be. Uh, release, but I, I know it's a, a decent publisher, and uh, uh, he was really excited about it. In fact, they they're they're excited about that. They were talking about a couple other books on it as well. So, well, but you know, sense. you you were talking about slaves, which I, I just wanted to interject this, which is kind of funny. You said, you know, who would think of slaves in Washington D.C.? Well, we were. I was uh, in Portsmouth, and I was talking to Jerry Dutermont, who is a the lighthouse historian, and he was telling me that one of the uh, ghosts that haunt one of the lighthouses is a slave because there was a lighthouse keeper who actually had a slave there. Now, we would never, ever think of slaves in a lighthouse, would you? I mean, Yankeeism and, right, you know, right. yeah. And so uh, I guess, uh, you know, there's a lot in our history that we really don't know or don't understand. That's right. As a matter of fact, here in Lexington, Mass., um, I think there was a slave, there were a couple slaves here originally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got rid of them in Massachusetts pretty quickly, and everybody was emancipated. But I was just sort of surprised the capital of our country, you know, what an idealist I was, that <laughs> there was a slave market, you know, yeah. and all the horrors of a slave market, that there it was. And they got rid of it um, in the Compromise, I think, of 1850, but still, you know, there it was. But wasn't uh, Washington, D.C. originally a part of Virginia? Uh, way, way back. Yeah, yeah, way, way back before they carved it out. But, I mean, that's the country was built on slavery, and the southern, uh, it was, cotton was king, and that's what drove the country before the northeast started the Industrial Revolution. Right. And, it, and of course, it was a big port there with Baltimore right. and everything else. Right. And uh, there was Alexandria, which, um, and the Alexandria wanted, uh, the citizens wanted Alexandria to go back to the state of Virginia. Because then they could keep the slavery down there. Could keep yeah. So, yeah, I learned, and it's fun to still learn and say, "Wow, I didn't know this about my country." Isn't it a fascinating place? You know, well, it, it, yeah, and it's fascinating history. And to me, one of the reasons why we have things like ghosts around where slaves were traded and, and mistreated is because of the denial that the stories 
you know, but, but there's a foundation there that these things went on. And so I think we some of the unfinished business of some of those ghosts is a, a need for people to know the real history of those areas, including Washington, D.C. Oh, that's a good way of putting it, yeah. And just to hearing what happened then and what it was like then. I know my editor was saying, she was getting very angry about how women were put down when she read the Washington book. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah, well, I have several really old stories, and there's one about way back, um, a father who, two daughters died strangely on the stairway. And, you know, when I got hold of that story and heard about it, and I thought, wow, this is really interesting. In one family, two daughters died on a stairway with the same father. Mm. That's a little weird. Oh, yeah, yes. blame the guy. Always blame the guy. Oh, yeah. um, but, you know, and you sort of wonder about what goes on and what happens. But uh, women didn't always have as... And not all women were as strong as Dolly Madison in those days. And, I mean, she was a certainly strong woman, and she managed to do a lot. And there's somebody to look up to. I also wrote up, um, and you might know, since you've done a little bit about watching, Bill Boyd, Girl Spy. You ever heard of her? No, not no. at all. No. Uh, she was a Confederate. And she was Miss Flirtatious, even though she wasn't very pretty. You know, she was the girl you always just sort of disliked at junior high, and you couldn't figure out why all the guys liked her. Um, but she had, <laughs> had that real charisma. And um, she ran around, and she got all the information, wormed all the secrets out of the uh, uh, the Yankee side, and then ran and told the Confederates and so forth. And uh, it was an interesting story. They kept throwing her in jail, and then she would get out again. So uh, she was like Matahari or whatever? Yeah, but she was kind of innocent about it, in a way. You know, she was young, she was attractive, and nobody actually, you know, imprisoned her for very long. And when she was in prison for a long time, she managed to flirt her way out of it. And sing, really? Yeah, and sing Civil War um, Confederate songs to all the other Confederate prisoners and keep them happy and so forth. Hmm. So, she was an interesting, you know, kind of fun woman to write about. The type of woman I always wanted to be, you know? <laughs> I'm not touching that. That's, that's all right. <laughs> anyway. But it, it, it's really interesting. Now, your books are available where? Mm, I mean, usually you can go to the local bookstore and request them if they don't have them, uh, Barnes & Noble and Amazon. Uh, Paul has them at Central, uh, well, what does he call himself? Central Berkshire Ghost Hunter. He has them. He's selling okay. them. And he's going to be, I believe, at uh, Open Doors, which is another... Um, New Age Bookstore, I believe, in Bain- Braintree. Well, it is in Braintree. Cause, yes, uh, it is. We actually did a lecture down there uh, a couple months back when Maureen and myself. And he's going to be there, and he was very instrumental in telling me more about the Hootmuth, um Mansion and then oh, yeah. the Hoosick Tunnel, which is a, certainly an interesting tunnel out in, um, in the Berkshires. Uh, right. Yeah, 200. You probably know all about that one. About 200 men died in the process of making it. Um, so it was quite something. And he has good pictures. I saw, he showed me my first orb. I was... Woohoo! <laughs> Very cool. Isn't that a thrill? Yeah, yeah, it really was. And I kept thinking, nah. But then he kept showing me these pictures with all these orbs. I went, okay. And it wasn't on the camera. It wasn't there. And then my husband came in and he could see it too. Yeah. You know, I think of a lot of my first things, but I never think of my first orb. 
You never think of your first orb. No, I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> does that mean oh, I'm not I a real? Do. Does that does that mean I'm not a real ghost hunter? Oh, <gasps> uh, I don't know. Maybe. I'll have to I'll have to take uh, Fiona's course then to see get back to my roots. Yeah, <laughs> or ask Paul to show you his orb and see what happens. So, um, uh, no, <laughs> you're not going to go there where, that way. No, <laughs> we're going to leave that one go by. <laughs> well, uh, Ashley, we want to thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, do you have any other? I know you have some other books you're working on as well. Uh, but we will, we'll talk to though about those another time because okay. we will have you back. Oh, that would be great. Thank as you, you so much. As long, for you, as long as you tell us another cool story. I'll be happy to tell you another cool story. Thanks so much for calling. All right, Ashley, thank you. Happy ghost hunting. Bye-bye. 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 Wow, that was cool, huh? Oh, yeah. Now, somebody just told me that uh, Tony had a weird experience uh, in the cemetery, and yeah. we want him to call in at 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869, and let us know what's going on about this experience he had in the cemetery. So, yeah, he posted a little bit in the, in the chat room, but I want to hear his, I want to hear him tell it. So. Yeah, somebody gave me a thumbs up on it, so uh, I want to hear it. We definitely want to hear about it, because that's what we want, the show is about. We want to hear about other people's experience, not just our own, because Fiona has tons of room, and I have tons of room myself. We want to know what else is going on out there. So, Tony, call in anyways. Uh, also, next week on our show, we have a, uh, a very unusual uh, book on ghost, an author uh, who wrote Haunted Hiking Trails. Yes. That is such a fun book. Have you, have you looked at it? I've read it. I, 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 had the, I was lucky enough to be able to see it before it came out, and I was so impressed with this book because... You know, hiking trails, for heaven's sake. Who would have thought about them being haunted? I know. Great stories. And I can't wait to go see some of these places, because they really are off the beaten path. Yes, actually, I'm in, in, in contact with her, and we're going to probably do a podcast. We're going to go on one of these um, haunted trails, and uh, we're going to, you know, tell about our experiences there. So it's, who knows? That's if we come oh, back alive. No, I, I want to go. I want to go. That would be so much fun. <laughs> I love hiking. We're gonna to, you I, know, we're going to have to make you a member of the Ghost Project the way it's going, you know. <laughs> I, I think you're going to have to because, I mean, this just, you get involved in such fun ghost adventures. And, you know, The Haunted Hikes of New Hampshire is, is just such a cool book. And it just made me want to just go out and go on these trails and see these locations and check out the ghosts. I tell you, one of the, the coolest experiences we had uh, was the last podcast. Not not the one that just came out on Lighthouses, but uh, the one previous to that on uh, uh, iTunes, on Pugwudgies. It, it was basically went into Freetown State Forest, and uh, it's all about our adventure there. That was a, a good one. Uh, anyways, Tony's called in, so let's put Tony hey. on the line. Hello, Tony, you there? Hey, Ron, how you doing? Good. Uh, Tony is with, uh, oh, I can never say that, NEPI, I believe. Yeah, Northeastern Paranormal Investigation. Oh, my God, this hot is working. I'm getting stuff right. I can't believe it. <laughs> I'm glad to see you're recovering. That was uh, kind of scary there. Yeah, well, more for me than anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, Tony is, uh, like I said, an investigator, and he was telling us he had a, a weird experience at the cemetery. Uh, this is an investigation. When, when did you go? Uh, we went last Saturday night. 
Um, it was in Sugar Hill, and it just like I've been wanting to do the area cemeteries. So we went there, and we actually had a new guy with us. It was just a friend of us, ours that we met, and he said he wanted to go. So as we were walking around, we all got drawn to this one corner of the cemetery, and we kept looking up, and we kept seeing like shadows up in the tree line. So we're like, Ooh. well, we got to go up there. And we had EVPs, and we were just sitting and asking questions. We said, we're going to sit and be quiet. Well, while this was all going on, we had been walking around. And, of course, you hear the peepers, and you hear the frogs, and the, the birds and stuff chirping in the woods. Well, at one point, it got deathly quiet, like a switch had shut off. And it got so quiet that you could hear yourself breathing. And I have never experienced that. I mean, I've been in the woods a lot. I mean, yep. it's, it, you normally experience it, like if you walk by crickets, they'll stop. But then they'll start up. But we were sitting, like I said, quiet, quiet. And I just, I suddenly I just felt like, I said, did anybody notice that it just got really quiet? And they're all like, yeah. And I just felt really uncomfortable. I said, you know what? I think it's time for us to kind of walk away. <laughs> and, you know, and I mean, it's not like I was afraid, but no. there was other people there. Like I said, we had a new guy there. And yeah. we walked maybe, you know, 25, 30 yards away. And all of a sudden, in the distance, you can hear the frogs start up again. Really? And, yeah, and like I said, I've never experienced that. I mean, if it had been something in the woods that had scared them, we would have heard it. But yeah. we heard no footsteps. We didn't hear any crashing. We didn't hear... I mean, we're in bear country. We're in moose country and everything. But we didn't hear anything in the woods that would that caused all the frogs and everything to stop. Actually, yeah. there's, there's a place called Dogtown, and it's in the, the woods, and it's, it's very much like that. You go through, and you hear nothing. It's like a void. It's it's really uh, eerie. Yeah, it's like that commercial, you know, dead dead air there. You know, what's that one? The network one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have dead air there or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we have the network. Yeah. Well, you got crabgrass and uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, and see, you know, I, I'm really glad that Tony was telling the story because a lot of people when they go ghost hunting, they're expecting to see something in particular, and sometimes some of our most dramatic experiences are really unusual things like that where it is totally silent. Now, I've only encountered that a couple of times myself, but when it happens, it is amazingly creepy. Yeah, it's and, just, I mean, it was just quiet. I mean, there wasn't a breeze. There wasn't anything. And I, would, I was like, I think we should kind of move away because I don't know what's going to happen. You know, yeah, and did I get any photos or EVPs at that time? Um, I haven't gone through the uh, EVPs yet, but none of our photos had come out. We had, I mean, there was lightning bugs all over the place. So of course, you have little light. Oh, okay. yeah, that, that'll mess out. things up. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we didn't really catch anything on that. But like I said, I haven't gone through any of the recordings yet. So hopefully, because like I said, we were running recorders that whole time. So hopefully, yeah. something came out on that. But like I said, it was just, and it was funny because we walked through the area the first time, the, the new guy said, you know what? The hair in the back of my neck is standing up. He goes, this is really weird. Because I've never <laughs> felt like this before. And I'm like, well, you know, it's part of what we do. And he was amazed. He was like, oh, wow, that was so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it was. And I said, I have no explanation why the, they would have stopped like that. I mean, it was like a switch. Yeah. It yeah, wasn't I, like I, one stopped and then another one stopped and another one. It was like at the same exact time, they all stopped. And it I, was... I've I've seen that or heard that or not heard it, um, you know. It, yeah. And it is it is so dramatic because it's so abrupt. And you're right, you know, when you're in a wooded area like that, you know, and if it was dark. a person, yeah. you you'd hear them. They they'd be falling over stuff. Uh, you know, you'd, you'd hear the the crunchy noise of them walking or something. And, yeah, if it's something it, to come through the area. 
Yeah. And I, like I said, we'd walked all through there because uh, there's like a road that came up and around, and we'd walked all through there. While we were walking through, they never stopped once. We were, you know, talking as we were going, flashlights going, cameras going and stuff, and they didn't stop once. And we were sitting there, no lights on, no nothing, and they stopped. So. Yeah, it was, it, it's happened to me at Gilson Road Cemetery in Nashua. You know what? I, I knew you were going to say that. That's, <laughs> that's, 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 no, seriously, that's, that's a, a tough cemetery for you, isn't it? Oh, I love it there. That's one of really? my favorite. It's one of my most reliable places. I, I love to take new people there because there is such a high likelihood that something weird is going to happen there. I've it's, heard about it. I got it. And, and that's just not because they're with you, right? <laughs> of course not. No, I get email probably three, four times a week from people who've gone to Gilson, and they weren't expecting anything. You know, they thought it was all hype or something, and they come away believers because that place is weird. But that was where, that was one of the first times I heard that total flip-the-switch type silence. Mm -hmm. And I was with a reporter who was a total skeptic, and it rattled the daylights out of him. Because, you know, he's expecting figures in sheets or something. <laughs> and, and he's the one who went, why is it quiet? <laughs> <laughs> I love stuff like that. But, yeah, that's, Gilson is, is pretty much a sure thing. Oh, cool. I'll, you know, I've never been there. That's one place I will have oh, to check out. we are so going there, Ron. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not really big on cemeteries. I mean, granted, you know, I get slimed in one, which is kind of cool, <laughs> but uh, it's, you know, I just, they just don't float my boat. Well, anyway. I, I will go anywhere where it is haunted. I mean, it's... And yeah, you know, this but everywhere is haunted. <laughs> Just about. <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, yeah, Tony, where are you located? Uh, Littleton, New Hampshire. Oh, okay, cool. So, yeah, I was going to say, come on and join us at Gilson. Let's go. I'd, some I'd, love, I'd love to go down. Like I said, I have uh, in-laws that live in Manchester, so. Oh, you can sit just up the road. Yeah, so I can drop off my daughter there and head down and. <laughs> There you go. Okay, but I've been—I yeah. mean, I've read about that, of course, haunted New Hampshire by you know Thomas D'Agostino. That he has it in there, and I've yeah. read it in like a bunch of other ones. And I'm like, well, this is right in my state. You know, I should go down there one of these days. And but, yeah, I've got—we yeah. we have like 20 different articles at, at Hollow Hill about it because uh, you know we've been researching it for gosh about 10 years now. And, well, guys, uh, I hate to tell you this, but we're just about oh, out no. of time. <laughs> So, Tony, well, thanks an awful lot hey. for uh, calling in and sharing right, with no us. Problem, we really right. appreciate it. So you take care and uh, yeah, be too. safe. Yeah. All right. Bye now. Bye. Well, Fiona, that's the end of another show. Can you believe it? So the hour has just flown by. <laughs> it did. I mean, we had. Some, it was interesting. Uh, you know, a, a little purpore of everything. I think. I think so. Well, I so, had a great time. Well, you you're coming back next week. Uh, we're going to have that haunted hike, lady. So that'll be fun. That should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that one. Okay, and when uh, your website is uh, hollowhill.com, you've got the new ghost hunting course on there. Um, yep. We've got a new uh, iTunes out on uh, Ghost Chronicles on the lighthouses, which is kind of cool. And uh, a lot of events with uh, the, the Brits that are over here at the end of July, beginning of August. David Wells from Most Haunted and uh, Gavin Cromwell. So I guess it's pretty much time to wrap it up. Sounds like that time. All right, so I'll talk to you next week and say good night and God bless to all our listeners. From ghoulies to ghosties, long leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us. <laughs>